It's time for Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group with financial advisors Kevin Corhorn, Mike Bernard, and Josh Gregory. Wise Money is brought to you by the attorneys at Ledoux, Curran, and Keene, First State Bank, Diane Bennett, and the Inspired Team at REMAX 100, and Bethel College's Adult and Graduate Studies Program. Welcome to another episode of Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group, where every week we're helping you take your next wise step in your financial life. Coming to you from the KFG studios, my name is Mike Bernard. I am your host. I'm also one of the certified financial planners. Thanks for being with us. Next to me, certified financial planner, my business partner, Josh Gregory. Hey, have you ever dreamed of starting your own business? Mm-hmm. It's a pretty popular idea in this country. 23 million people have hung a shingle and started their own sole proprietorship. Wow. That's amazing. But as enticing as it might be to work for yourself, the question is, does it expose you to certain tax consequences or certain legal risks? We're going to be talking through that today. Uh, as we continue on with our legal uh, issues that could be affecting your financial life. That's our topic from last week as well. We're excited to welcome back to the Wise Money Show attorney, Jamie Haig, to share his insights on how to structure a business wisely. You had me all excited about starting your own business, all that, and then you just made it really boring talking about taxes and legal issues. But sorry. We'll make it lively for you today. If you have a question, you probably will. This stuff is confusing, but Jamie's going to break it down for us. We'd love to hear from you. Reach out to us. Give us a call. Send us a text, 574-222-2000. Call or text 574-222-2000. Online, wisemoneyradio.com. You can submit a question right there on the right, as well as catch up on previous episodes. And speaking of previous episodes, all the shows recorded, they're on the YouTube channel. Just look us up, Wise Money Radio. You can subscribe to it, like it if you like it, all that sort of stuff. Facebook and Twitter as well. All right, like Josh mentioned, Jamie, welcome back to the program. Thank you. It's nice been to be with you. It's been too long. You've uh, you've been on the show before, actually talking yeah. about a very similar topic. You'll be on back next week, actually talking about succession planning, which I actually think will be even more lively. But uh, for the fans who don't remember you, why don't you why don't you uh, introduce yourself again? Tell us all a little bit about yourself. Sure. Uh, good to be back. Um, the last show must not have gotten a lot of. Uh, listens because it's been a while. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know the strategy, yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, Jamie Haig, uh, good to be with you. Uh, so married, seven kids, uh, been a lawyer for uh, 19 years, went to Notre Dame undergrad law school, um, practiced corporate law with uh, Ledoux, Kern, and Keene, and uh, we we're a law firm that uh, about 18 lawyers mm-hmm. do uh, corporate law, employment law, litigation, um, State planning. Mm-hmm. Yep. All Very sorts good. of stuff. Yep. Last yeah. week, uh, Mark Crenetti was on, who does a variety of things, but he was talking about estate planning. He does the estate planning there. And Jamie, so you specialize in mostly business transactions, business work. Is that really your specialty? Exactly. Business transactions, corporate. So people buying and selling businesses, starting businesses, buying and selling widgets, services, distribution agreements, all those sorts of things. Yep. Yep. And one of the things we love, so all of the, the sponsors on the Wise Money Show are 
people that we've worked with for a long time. And so, Jamie, we've worked with Jamie for several years now in Ladue, Kern, and Keene. And one of the things that I appreciate, actually, about all the folks at the firm, attorneys with personality. Let's just, and, and actually an enjoyable personality. Let's just say that. Hopefully that comes through on the radio today. So I like hanging out with you, Jamie. <laughs> wow. I'm blushing. All you? right. There you go. Hey, so I know that we have uh, many listeners who own their own small business. You might own your own small business. If you don't, likely you work for a small business or you know someone who does. Small businesses are really the lifeblood of the economy, especially the local economy here. And so how should you legally structure that small business? Or like Josh said in the intro, if you're thinking about hanging a shingle, get started, how should you structure your business from the get-go? We're going to talk about, and we're going to try and make it lively, but talk about the different choices that you have and really some pros and cons. And then I'm going to put Jamie on the hot seat and say, all right, if if it's this, what should you do? If it's this, what should you do? So let's start with the most basic. You decide to go out and start your own business, hang a shingle, they say, and start your own sole proprietorship. What in the world is that? Well, I'll try to keep it general, and okay. because with anything legal, it's hard to ever get a absolute from a lawyer, and there's you know good reason <laughs> for that. Um, but you know, sole proprietorship is just a single person, a single individual engaged in business for profit, and no, you know, no filing with the state in terms of a legal entity or anything. It's just somebody who goes out there and engages in some business for profit. Mm-hmm. So it could be providing services some product, whatever it might be. Okay. Yeah. I, I'm uh, latching on to this this phrase, for profit, huh. because I've run into a rash of folks here l- lately who are trying to write off certain expenses for their little hobby farm, or uh, you know, maybe they have a, a, an antique uh, booth or something, but it's, it's really not profitable. It never has been, probably never will be. Are those people still considered sole proprietors, or uh, are, are they maybe drifting into an area that uh, really isn't even a legal entity? They're not really in business because of that profit motive that you mentioned. Right. So, so for all the discussion, really, uh, analytically, you got to separate what is the uh, legal structure for purposes of state of the state and state law, mm-hmm. as opposed to what is the tax treatment for federal tax, income tax law. Which we're going to talk sure. about a little gonna, bit of both at, of those. At, yeah. Right. So, so as we go through all those things, so uh, for purposes of, you know, what are your, what's your business, what's your liability in the business? Mm-hmm. If you're just, if you don't have an, if you're not operating through an, a legal entity that's filed with the state, the basic thing is, you know, you're a sole proprietor, you are unlimitedly liable for any liabilities of that business. So... If you're doing something that's a hobby, but uh, someone's injured and they come after you, they can they have recourse to your house, to your car, all those things. Yeah. So you're a sole proprietor, right? For tax purposes, you know, the IRS has a page that says, "Hey, are you a hot? You know, is it a hobby? Right. You know, or is it a sole proprietorship?" So you know, visit that page, do that analysis. But yeah. for, for purposes of liability, you know, you're out there doing something and you're liable individually, personally, for whatever might happen. Is that the number one, uh, I guess, drawback or disadvantage of the sole proprietor? Is it this risk that you're exposed to? Exactly. So if you haven't you know, registered an entity with the state, then you don't have the benefit of the limited liability. Uh, that if you're operating the business through an entity, your liability for any business uh, 
business liabilities is limited to the assets in that in that mm-hmm. uh, company or corporation. So, in other words, if somebody's <laughs> suing you, they can come get whatever they they need to. Is your only recourse at that point just bankruptcy to try to protect yourself if they were coming after you for everything? That that would be it. I mean, you 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 would obviously you know check with your insurance carrier and sure, see what sure. see what coverage you might have and that's going to be obviously another piece of you know I think what you all advise about and what we'll mention here too is mm-hmm. yes you have liability uh, insurance will cover that and you ought to have insurance whether you have the right. legal entity or not so sole proprietor you're just hanging a shingle and the the biggest drawback the biggest con is if that shingle falls uh, <laughs> and crashes then you are there's no protection there you might have insurance but all of your personal assets the second drawback and this is actually not that much different than how you might structure your LLC if you do that. But Josh, can you explain the tax consequences real quick of the profits on your sole proprietorship? Yeah, so I, I think you're referring to a dirty word to a lot of business owners, and that's self-employment income. Yep. So those of you that uh, maybe have ever been deemed a subcontractor or a self-employed individual, you know that uh, all the income that you're generating, you get to offset that with business expenses to the best of your ability, but whatever's left over, the profit, so to speak, gets hit not only with federal income taxes and state and local income taxes, but another one, it's self-employment tax. This is how uh, on those profits, you're paying into the Social Security Administration and the Medicare system. Yeah, it's FICA, right? And, and if you're just an employee, then they're withholding FICA. And what you probably don't know is your company's paying FICA on your behalf, too. So there's two sets of FICA. When you are a sole proprietor or being taxed as one, which we'll get to in a minute, then you're paying that self-employment tax, that combined 15.3% up to a pretty sizable number. And, um, and you're not withholding against it, so it catches a lot of people by surprise. Jamie, really quick, for someone who just wants to start this way, and we're going to tell you some reasons why you might not want to, can you have employees if you're a sole proprietor? I mean, can you can you have employees? Oh, sure. Yeah? Yeah, absolutely. Same. Yep. Just, you, there's, there's, we all go to, the, go to the IRS website and say, hey, I'm starting a business. I'm having employees. Um, mm-hmm. And... Uh, or, or, or talk to your uh, trusted uh, tax advisor. Right. Obviously, you don't want to screw that up. You have uh, employment taxes, and people can really get in bad, bad sh- situation with that. Yeah. We're going to talk about some other options, because while a sole proprietorship is easy, you can get started right away. And one of the things I love about America is it really still is the land of the free. You can go out and do whatever you want. And uh, so you can start that business. Sole proprietor is an easy way to get started, but it might not be the best way, even if you're trying to keep things simple. We're going to talk about the LLC partnerships and a few others coming up on Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. All right, what is the only ship that doesn't float? What are they? It's a partnership, right? I think I think that's how that joke goes. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. My name is Mike Bernard. With me in the KFG studios, Josh Gregory and special guest attorney with Ledoux Kern and Keen, Jamie Haig. Special thanks to the attorneys at Ledoux Kern and Keen for sponsoring the Wise Money Show, along with First State Bank. Uh, they will be a guest on soon, talking about financing for your business and and different um, loans and so on that will be important for your personal finances. So we're looking forward to that. If you have any questions, let me just remind you, you can find us online, wisemoneyradio.com. 
social media at Wise Money Radio, Facebook and YouTube. You can also call or text 574-222-2000. 574-222-2000. With Jamie today, we're talking about the different ways you can structure your small business. And even if you're just trying to engage in some sort of side project for profit, Jamie just told us you're in business and that would be deemed a sole proprietorship which has tons of risks it's very easy to get started but lots of risk before we get on to the to the to the more exciting ones let's talk about a partnership then i mean it's not just a bad joke oftentimes that's just a bad idea but jamie share a little bit about having a partnership sure so in the last segment we talked about you know one person engaged in activity for profit sole proprietorship Something bad happens. Personal assets are uh, subject to, uh, you know, um, you know, being recovered by the person harmed. If you have one, or if you have two or more folks who are uh, engaged in a business activity to generate profits, it's a it's a partnership, a general partnership, for which each of the partners is unlimitedly liable for any liabilities of the business. So, if there's three people who are engaged in a business activity and one of them does something bad, hurts somebody in the course of that activity, then the personal assets of all three are equally at risk to make things right with the person injured. I think you would just assume, well, no, that was their, you know, they, they, they had, they made a mistake. This, this person made a mistake. But yeah, if you're engaged with them in some activity to make, to, to make a profit, even if you haven't filed something with the state and so on, but if you're doing something together with them, then then you're liable as well. Well, it's not like those partnerships are just operating with absolutely no protection. I mean, you would expect that they would have some sort of insurance protection in place as a first line of defense for that partnership if it was formally created and it's an actual business that, that they're operating. But what if, you know, what if one of your partners is operating outside of the uh, of the activities that are covered by that policy. Mm. You know, sometimes insurance companies, they're good at carving out certain things that they don't want to cover, so you need to steer clear of it. Well, what if you don't? Yeah. The thought of being liable for something that your business partner did, that's enough to scare most people away as soon as they hear this, right? That's, yeah. that's worse than, you know, co-signing for your kid's student loan or something. Yeah, yeah. It, it, the, the liability is sort of the big issue, um, and there's other there's other problems like, uh, hey, if there's three of us, uh, who has the authority to engage in this activity, make this decision, mm. do this? Uh, can you know, all those things are sort of mm. a, a, you know something separate, but all part of the of the calculation. It's a bad idea to uh, really have a partnership if you're going to have one. Have something in writing that sort of you know, governs or controls the agreement among the parties of how it's going to work, even if it's relatively informal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but but really a, a, a bad idea. <laughs> so so let's transition to then the yeah. good idea. Yeah. And, and we are not we are not discouraging you discouraging you from starting your business. Get out there and start that business. It's got I mean, where do you start? It starts with a great idea. Some problem that you see consumers have, people have that you have a solution for. Start that business. As you start it, as you craft out that plan, you then need to quickly think about how should we structure this thing legally. That's why we're devoting this show to it. And a lot of you will first either question or think of something called an LLC. So, Jamie, share that. And and actually, before you do, 
LLCs can be taxed in two different ways. We're going to talk about that in, in just a minute. But what is the LLC? Sure. Yeah. Limited liability company. Uh, so look, we have sole proprietorship, uh, general partnership, no filing with the state. It's just implied by the law. But if you want to have the uh, asset protection where uh, any liabilities of the business, the recourse is only to the assets of the business, you form a limited liability company with the state or a corporation with the state. We'll talk about that. Limited liability company is filing with the state. It's cheap. It's inexpensive online, 100 bucks. Uh, do you need an attorney to do that, or you, can you just get on there and do it you, yourself? You can do it yourself. Yeah. And there's a lot of reasons why you might not want to, but it shouldn't be a, a, an impediment to getting it done. Mm-hmm. So you file with the state, and then if you have assets of the business already, you're going to want to you know, have some uh, uh, written document that you're assigning that asset into the business. And if you have a vehicle that's owned individually, you know, you're going to transfer the title over. There's things like that. You want to get the assets into the business. Um, but a limited liability company actually can be ta- actually can be taxed four ways. Four ways. Very very odd. So it is a it is a it is a it is a chameleon for tax purposes. But the default rules are that it's taxed as a sole proprietorship if there's one owner, yeah. and it's taxed as a general partnership if there's more than one owner. That's sure. the default rule. Yep. But we'll get to this. But an LLC, you can also make an S election. Yeah. You can also make. Uh, you can also be it's a C corp, which is what we think of the large corporations where there's multiple levels of taxation. So now there's never heard an attorney answer. Yeah. Now we My would. Goodness. There, there's, yeah. <laughs> you can do whatever you want. That's what I just. Okay. Heard. I didn't know that an, an LLC could be it's taxed very like a C, rare, like a yeah. C corp. Although we're going to talk rare. about that with yeah. these new. Um, with the new tax laws coming down yeah. the pike with, with C-Corp. So that's yeah. very interesting. So the default, again, is that it's, it will be taxed as a sole proprietorship partnership. So so you're not saving on that FICA, that self-employment tax. Yeah. You know, anyway, you're going to do this. If you're in business for yourself and you know, you're, you're – the, the IRS is going to give it get its money on the employment taxes, right? Mm-hmm. Unless, unless you have someone else there to pay it, and yeah. the only one who's going to be there to pay it is an employer, uh, you're going to be on the hook for it. Um, but uh, uh, but with an, with a limited liability company, um, they're very easy to set up. It's a great thing. They're very flexible, which is also a great thing. Um, but if you're if you're doing it with other people, there's less of a default structure in terms of like with a corporation, there's a board of directors, there's officers, everybody's familiar with that. With an LLC, it's very flexible yeah. and you can decide what to do. So with that freedom comes a little more responsibility to make decisions. But but the quick and easy thing on this, if you take away nothing else, you know, go to the state, 100 bucks, file, do business as an LLC, that's almost always going to be you know the easiest, you know, kind of you know, way to proceed and yeah. get and get the liability coverage that you want. You yeah. know, anytime that we're talking to business owners or landlords, is another application here. Um, I present an LLC as a risk management tool. Um, I, I don't think of it as really a tax planning vehicle because, for the most part, it it's not like it introduces any new tax sheltering opportunities or anything like that, For the, again, for the most part. But um, uh, talk about, uh, am I correct in saying that this is really a way to kind of put a fence around the business activity? So if there's some sort of explosion within the business there, it doesn't radiate out 
into your personal life where you could lose personal assets, especially if it was a business partner who uh, may be screwed up, mm-hmm. right? Why are you looking at me? I, well, you're oh, the okay. only one in the room. Sorry. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> right. That's exactly right. So, and, and look, if you're going to do it, you know, LLC, there's, you know, talk to your insurance carrier, right? So insurance, they're underwriting individuals. They're not contemplating uh, you know, business activities, business risks. And so there's going to be exclusions on those policies. So you know, talk to your insurance carrier. Here's what I'm doing. Make sure you have coverage because you, know, you do want to protect what's in the business anyway. But if you, right. if you imagine a service providing business, maybe not a lot of assets, you know, you're doing business through that LLC. Uh, if something goes haywire, uh, and the business assets, there aren't many. Yeah. It's sort of, hey, all right, the business didn't work, yeah. but you've kept all your personal assets. Yeah, right. The, really quick, the, the agreement that you're talking about. So you can go online, file, 100 bucks, but, but you should probably have some sort of stated agreement in how things are going to work. What's that quickly called? Yeah, exactly. So articles of organization is what you file with the state of Indiana to form the LLC. Okay. And then an LLC should also have an operating agreement. Mm-hmm. That's a written agreement you know, among the members, uh, how it's going to operate. And, you know, there's, you know, if you if you're just kind of doing something quick and quick and easy, you just want to get going. You know, there's online, you know, forms and templates and things where you can kind of see what's there. But basically, for a cor- it's, it's sort of the equivalent of a corporation's bylaws. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna pick that back up as well as talk about then how your LLC could be taxed as an as a corporation and then what type of corporation. We're gonna talk about the S corp. That and more coming up here on Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. If you're starting a rental business, what type of legal entity should you shut, uh, set up? If you are just starting a new joint venture with some friends, what type of business entity structure should you have? I'm going to put Jamie here on the hot seat and pepper him with a few options and see what he tells us. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. My name is Mike Bernard. With me in the KFG studios, Josh Gregory, an attorney with Ledoux, Kern & Keene, Jamie Haig. Thanks for being with us today. want to also say thanks to Bethel College Adult and Graduate Studies, as well as Diane Bennett with REMAX 100 for partnering with us on the Wise Money Show. We are talking about when you're starting a small business, or if you have a small business, or if you work at a small business, how should that small business be structured from a legal standpoint, all part of a series about how legal issues intersect with your personal finances. Jamie's going to be with us next week talking about succession planning, and then after that, we're going to have uh, an individual from First State Bank talking about different credit options and, and so on. So we left off talking about the LLC, and... There's, Jamie told us there's four ways for that LLC to be taxed, and that eh, was a little creative math there, but one of them <laughs> is you can have your LLC choose to be taxed as an S-corp or a corporation. Let's talk about that S-corp in light of, uh, and we'll get to the, t- the, the taxes on that as well. So what's an S-corp, Jamie? Yeah, so an S-corp is uh, it's simply an election with the IRS, so it's a federal tax status. And um, you know, it just requires an, you, know, you have to qualify. There are, there are certain requirements uh, that have to be met in order to be eligible to be taxed as an S corporation. But um, it, you know, it, it, it ensures the one level of taxation 
like a partnership as opposed to what we think of as a C corporation. We think of large corporations of Microsoft or Google. There's income tax at the entity level, and then there's tax, obviously, at the shareholder level. Mm-hmm. And that's a big deal, isn't yeah. it? It, it, it? You know, when, when Microsoft yeah. has their big year and they pay a boatload of taxes, and then they distribute those profits out to the business owners, the stockholders, the stockholders pay tax a second time, don't they? Double yes. taxation. Yes. But you're saying the S-Corp avoids some of that. Yeah. It, it, it has single-level taxation, so basically all of the business's profits are simply taxed to the individual on a pro rata basis, on basis mm-hmm. of ownership. And that's the same with the partnership. But the S-Corporation uh, election with the with the, uh, with the IRS uh, has some little you know, different tax. Uh, the, the, the single level taxation is the same as with a partnership taxation, but then there's some other attributes of the S Corp as opposed to a partnership that might make it more advantageous. That's really getting into it. Do you want to get it? Do you wanna, <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, well first I of all, it really dry, but. Before, yeah. I, I want you to go there, but yeah. before we do, the S Corp, so we're no longer talking LLC, we're talking S Corp, but the S Corp does provide limited liability, right? I mean, it still has that barrier, that fence right. around it. Right, so. so think about for state. For, for, a, for a legal entity, you're going to have either it's going to be an LLC that you file with the state or a corporation that you file with the state, okay? And there's no filing with the state regarding S-corporation, right? So you have an LLC or you have a corporation, and with either of those, if you qualify, you can make an S-election with the IRS. So your LLC can be taxed as an S-corp, and your corporation can be taxed as an S-corp. Mm-hmm. And you just have to make sure you qualify. And in the operating agreement for the LLC that we talked about, you know, you, you got to have provisions that relate to an S-corp because you don't want to do something that uh, will screw it up and blow that election. Yeah, right. So You know, I was having a lot of uh, these types of conversations with folks uh, at the beginning of tax season this year, business owners that had an LLC, the downside to the LLC from a tax standpoint is that they were paying a whole bunch of those self-employment taxes that we were talking about in, in an earlier segment. And one of the ways that we were able to minimize that is by turning them into an S-corp for tax purposes, but you have to make that election by March 15th each year. Right, you only have a limited window of time to make the decision. Those who didn't make the decision, they've got until well, the window opens for them again, January first. Mm-hmm. So we've got all year to be thinking about it again. Yeah. But uh, this is an important decision that you need to make with your CPA, right, or your financial advisor. Unless you're starting the business that way, is that right, Jamie? Or you right. can speak to that. Right, right. So if you start, you know, you want to you want to talk to your tax advisor when you're starting the business, and. Uh, and and make that X, S election right away. So f- with the S election, the, the main advantage is that you know your taxes, essentially as a corporation with the flow through tax, but you, you're you're paying employment taxes on a reasonable salary for your services, mm-hmm. and you're paying employment taxes on that. As opposed to with a partnership, you're paying the employment taxes on all of your income. Right. So if you're going to make a high income. Uh, S-Corp is often advantageous because you're only pay- paying the employment taxes on a portion of that, which is you know deemed a reasonable salary. I'm just going to tell you right now, if that sounds appealing um, and, and you're wondering which way you should go, th- this is exactly where you need to invite your certified financial planner and your business attorney into the room, into that discussion. Because figuring this out... Not, there's just tons of question there. Um, it costs a little bit more. 
to to file as an uh, to file that S election and taxes that you need to uh, send in and some of the um, unemployment and other things that you're now responsible for, and um, so you you want to make sure that your profit's going to be a certain level. But then I see a lot of people that are just drawn to that. Oh, I can avoid some of this self-employment tax. I'll switch over there and don't realize this fair and reasonable salary requirement now. And then other people, not to just overwhelm you, but then other people switch over and say, okay, I'll do fair and reasonable salary. I'll pay myself this high amount. And then the business loses money every year. And it's, hey, you just offered to pay more taxes than you really should should have. So this is exactly where you need great financial advice. So, And depending on the circumstances, though, there could be thousands of dollars worth of tax savings here. Mm-hmm. Um, those were the examples that I saw earlier this spring. And... You know, you're right. I'd like to actually hear Jamie talk about some of those um, extra formalities that come with an S-Corp election, some of the filings and just the record keeping that you need to do, that sort of thing. Um, But, you know, if if you're saving thousands of dollars in payroll taxes, you've got a big checkbook to write some small little fees or delegate some work to your accountant um, to still justify this move. Yep, that's right. And so, again, think about uh, it, sort of the bright line for me is, is are you going to make a high salary? Are you going to, you know, is your compensation going to be pretty high? So, for example, physicians, we have physicians who uh, they're basically an independent contractor. Mm-hmm. And so how, how, how are they setting up their business? They could just do it as a sole proprietorship and they have malpractice coverage that's going to cover mm-hmm. the insurance and they're going to have that anyway. But they don't have any assets in there. So yeah, right, sure, yeah. Right, But if you do a single member LLC with a t- with an S election, then you get the benefits of the um, you know asset liability protection, but then you get the benefits of an S corporation where you're saving on self-employment taxes, where your reasonable salary is is uh, less than your aggregate income. So you're saving that delta on Mm -hmm. your uh, self-employment taxes. And then we jump in and say, well, then you can create this type of retirement plan for your single member LLC and and you can save a whole bunch of money on taxes that way and start setting money aside for retirement. So there's a lot of creative things that that you can do there. Absolutely. Yeah. And and, and to your point about sitting down with your financial plan and your attorney, I would just say as an attorney, it's more important actually to be sitting down with your financial planner and your tax advisor. So don't let the expense and uh, sort of discomfort with attorneys be an impediment to getting this done. <laughs> oh, that's kind. We actually didn't even ask him to say that. Um, could you just speak for just a moment? Those those C corps. We've kind of already talked about it, but C corps are really for those really big, big, big entities because of that double taxation. But now they've got really favorable tax brackets now. So just a, a, a just a word on C-Corps. Sure. So C-Corps, right, because this double, double level of taxation, the thought was really always, hey, if you can avoid the C-Corp status, if you can be make an S-Corp, or you, if you can qualify for an S-election, then do the S-election. Yeah. And basically, I mean, without going through all the requirements, basically, uh, you know, to be an S-Corp, you can only have you know, not more than 100 shareholders. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't have any... Uh, uh, non-U.S. citizen owners. Yeah. You can't have any uh, owners who are corporations or certain other entities. And so um, so basically, uh, small businesses, yeah. uh, small domestic businesses are qualified. 
But with a C corp, um, you have those two levels of taxation. But the corporate levels with the tax changes, those tax rates have come down, mm-hmm. and there are certain other advantages which now make it more appealing as a as a structure. So when you're so if your small business is growing up and adolescence with these tax law changes, yeah, you need to talk to your tax advisor, your certified financial planner, and get your attorney involved and see if a C corp makes sense. But still, if you're a small business, an S is likely the the place to start. I'm going to put Jamie in the hot seat and ask him, hey, if you have a landscaping business, if you start a rental property business, and so on and so forth. We've got that and more coming up here on Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Wise Money is brought to you by the attorneys at Ledoux, Curran, and Keene, First State Bank, Diane Bennett, and the Inspired Team at REMAX 100, and Bethel College's Adult and Graduate Studies Program. Thank you so much for tuning in today. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Coming to you from the KFG Studios, my name's Mike Bernard. With me, Josh Gregory, and special guest attorney with Ledoux, Curran, and Keene, Jamie Haig. If you have any questions, reach out to us, 574-222-2000, You can find us online, online wisemoneyradio.com. Jamie, for folks that have questions for you, how do they how do they find you? How do they get a hold of you? You know, probably easiest is the website, lck-law.com. Uh, email addresses are there. Phone numbers are there. And yep. um, Got it. Uh, more talented colleagues are there that you can <laughs> oh, yeah. you can choose from. All right. I'm going to put Jamie on the hot seat here and, and just get real practical because if I'm being honest, the first uh, portion of the show has been pretty, pretty boring. Ouch. All right. So <laughs> if you're starting, what, what's, what's, uh, what's hot this time of year, no pun intended, landscaping, right? I just did uh, Weekend Warrior Project, and it's awful. So you decide on the weekends, on the side, start a landscaping business, you buy a couple mowers, uh, put some flyers up around the neighborhood, and you start doing some landscaping. Jamie, how should that person be structured? Well, that's, you know, low risk of liability, uh, you know, yeah. If you're just kind of doing it occasionally, maybe don't worry about anything. But so uh, at, so sole proprietor. So it's going to be right. It's going to be a sole default, proprietorship. Right? Yeah, yeah. So if you uh, you know you row over, you you run over a, a, a child's foot with your mower, um, yeah, the, you know the, the the child might own your house. Right. Uh, you know. So there is things to be thinking about that. Right. What, what's liability? But you know, if there's any concern, you know, just go online. You know, uh, file articles of organization, form an LLC. Under Indiana state law, it's a hundred dollars, and if you have some equipment that you sort of assign over to the business, and you're still going to be taxed as a sole proprietor, um, and it's going to be a disregarded entity for tax purposes, so it won't affect that. But you'll have the benefit of asset protection, and and, and limit. So the, the assets would be your mower, you know, weed whacker, that sort of stuff. So so maybe not much, but you you run over. You run over someone's foot, you know, or you, uh, you you run over a rock and the rock goes through the window and hits someone, they're not coming after your house. So, yes, you could. be very simple. If you're 13 years old and grab the mower and your neighbor, you're, you're mowing your neighbor's house, you maybe are fine as a sole proprietor. But if you're going to do this on the side... I would. You spend the hundred bucks. It's gonna be yeah. worth it. Spend your your first two your first month of, of mowing someone's yard on getting that limited liability. What about 
you turn your house into a rental and you say, I'm buying the next house, this house, I'm, I want to start renting out to people. What do you do there? You know, I'd put that uh, house in an, in an LLC. And okay. uh, uh, you know, we're not, we don't have time to talk about this in detail, but don't own real property through an S-corp. Don't, mm-hmm. don't elect that taxation treatment for real property. Don't do it. A lot of reasons for that, but that's as close to a definitive as you're going to get from an attorney. <laughs> uh, put, in, put in an LLC and uh, you'll, get the, you'll get the benefits. You're gonna, still going to get insurance because you have real estate, it has value, all those things. Um, but uh, yeah, just put in an LLC. Okay. What about a family-owned business? Been around for a long time. And let's say, you know, a couple million dollars in revenue. So established operation and it's family. So they want to perpetuate the business and move it on to other family members. Sole proprietor is probably not going to be what you recommend. <laughs> uh, how, what, how should that business be structured? Yeah, if it's an existing business, it's almost certainly a corporation and it's almost certainly made the S election. So it'd be S Corp. So LLCs are, you know, 20 or so years old. They're, they're a newer um, entity form. So if you have an older business, it's going to be a corporation, Texas S Corp. Um, you know, usually it's not advantageous to change the form of the business. It's, you know, uh, that the tax consequences of that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. But, you know, an S-Corp, one of the restrictions, it can only have one type of stock. So different, you know, but the, the di- you can have uh, voting and non-voting. So if you're, if you want to have, uh, you know, equity that uh, without voting, say, say the younger generation, yeah. you, you can do that. And if the S-Corp doesn't already have voting and non-voting, it just has voting, that's a relatively uh, easy change to make to the bylaws to have non-voting stock. That's wonderful. We're actually, next week, Jamie's going to be on again talking about succession planning, and, and I've already in the works. Um, um, I've got some questions there about transitioning to the next generation and this non-voting stock. So you're yeah. going to hear more about that next week. What about a startup? And then and then we'll shift to Rick's question here. But what about a startup? Do you... Uh, and Josh, I'd be curious how you would weigh in here. You have no revenue yet. You just have an idea. And, and right now, if you were listening uh, on YouTube, you heard about a little venture I'm starting. It's, if you're starting something, it's usually tech or something. But a startup, where do you start? Yeah. So a startup, you know, what kind of business is it, right? Mm-hmm. It can be a lot of different things. But if it's, you know, some technology component, the thing we think, you know, mm-hmm. someone's going to be kind of providing us some services, some people, someone's going to be doing some, you know, intellectual property development, uh, no assets yet. Uh, you know, LLC is really going to be probably the default. There's a lot of flexibility in, in how, that's, how that's structured. Um, you know, you just got to you know, have that written agreement among the owners in terms of, you know, what assets are going in, what are the obligations in terms of services or um, uh, contribution of assets mm-hmm. uh, that, that is in exchange for their ownership interest. And then, you know, again, the ownership interest can be different from the management interest. You might have one person who's just really running the business except for uh, kind of extraordinary business decisions. But you know that person might have a third, but have almost sole control yeah. because they're the ones mm-hmm. operating the business. So, so yeah, a startup. You know, you don't have any assets yet, so you want to be careful. You're not investing too much money in kind of preparing for what may come down the road. But you do want to have in mind do some basic planning so that you ha- you know the issues to spot to really kind of lock things down as you're moving down uh, the path of uh, generating value in that business. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree with that completely. And we actually. 
we're often some of the first to have conversations with clients along those lines because they they get this entrepreneurial itch or they've got a business idea that they want to get going and they could do the real informal route and just set up a sole proprietorship that, as we said that's kind of the default but almost always we advise that they seriously consider doing an LLC just for the asset protection um, just to make sure that if something goes wrong if someone is after them suing them creditors are, are breathing down their necks um, there's not a spillover into many of the other financial assets that they've been working hard to to build over time. Plus, as you said, the the flexibility of the LLC down the road, if you choose to uh, change the way it's being taxed to now as an S-corp, you still have that option down the road with the LLC. As your startup grows and becomes established, successful, you can make that shift. Hey, but that, that actually is why, though, you know, LegalZoom and some of these online tools that you can just kind of go download some forms and very inexpensively, very informally just get things set up, I never recommend that to my clients. I'm always recommending that they go work with a competent attorney who specializes in this area yeah. because you need someone who's coaching you on what your next step should be especially as your business evolves over time. So that's a little plug for Jamie Haig and the folks at Ledoux, Kern, and Keene, or whoever the attorney is that's your trusted advisor in this legal area. Let's let's jump into a question real quick. Rick from South Bend uh, asked a great question, and I'm very curious to hear, Jamie, what you would say. Rick says, I own a handful of small rental properties, and they're all owned by an LLC. Is that the right structure? Should it be an S-Corp? You stated this earlier, but say it again. Should not be an S-Corp. Should not be an S-Corp. It relates to the distribution of profits, or sorry, property out of the entity. Uh, It relates to to basis issues. It relates to passive income rights, a lot of things. But LLC is exactly right. The thing to do, or the thing to think about with multiple properties is whether you want, you know, separate LLCs. Um, And maybe, you know, you want, in terms of, this goes to a little bit of of a succession planning too, but, Mm -hmm. you know, you can have, so share ownership interests in various properties that way, kind of split it out. But LLCs for sure. Mm -hmm. What about the individual? Jane wrote in, she's from Niles. I'm retiring later this year. My employer has asked me to stay on and work projects as a consultant. I'll be paid as an independent contractor. Do I need to formally set up a business for this? Really quick, how, how... is that it? You don't. You don't need to. You don't mm-hmm. need to. If you if you think that the uh, this employment tax uh, savings might be worthwhile to do an S S election, then you yeah. may may want to do a single member with an S election. But it, that's only really if you're getting paid uh, high enough to make it worth the the time and trouble. I totally agree. Josh, I know has worked with several folks, me as well, where you've trained. This is a, the first stage of retirement, and one thing you might want to consider is how can I help avoid taxes an LLC with S selection and also retirement plan might be able to be a good solution for you. Jamie's going to be on with us next week again talking about succession planning, all part of this, how legal issues impact your personal financial life. On behalf of Jamie Haig, Josh Gregory, myself, and all of us at Corhorn Financial Group, have a great weekend. We'll see you next Saturday for Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Securities offered through Silver Oak Securities, member FINRA slash SIPC. Advisory services offered through KFG Wealth Management, LLC. Doing business as Corhorn Financial Group. KFG Wealth Management, LLC and Silver Oak Securities Incorporated companies are unaffiliated.